But the catcher spot, oh my God. I thought for a while they may be able to get away with this because both Nitto and McCann are so good defensively. But in a lineup that lacks as much pop as it does, it's it's tough to have a giveaway out, to have a McCann-Nitto spot. And, and I know this could come back to Francisco Alvarez, call him up, this is why you should be here. I don't know how often Alvarez would catch, especially if their biggest concern is his defense. But it does make me think, is it possible to add a third catcher to this roster? And maybe the answer is just Alvarez, even if he only catches twice a week. Just something that's competent. Like, their offense behind the plate is freaking abysmal right now. I'd rather have Jacob DeGrom hitting when he was back. Or have the pitcher hit at this point. But, look, it is what it is. Saturday was one of those losses where you got Trevor Williams on the mound. You're probably going to get your ass kicked, and they did. And that's what made the finale of this series so important to bounce back for many reasons. A, you had Carlos Carrasco on the mound. We know how much dog crap he's been recently. The excuses he's been making where Jose Altuve didn't check his swing. It screwed up my entire start. Give me a break. They needed, in a major way, a competent performance by Carlos Carrasco, and he really delivered. I got to hand it to him. That was very, very encouraging that he did. And look, Starling Marte delivered too because he's the one hitting the first inning home run again. And Eduardo Escobar picks another game to hit a home run. So it looks like he's starting to get hot. And one thing we always heard about Escobar, he's a very streaky hitter. So maybe we're witnessing the Eduardo Escobar hot streak. And I like Eduardo Escobar. I mean, the the guy said a week ago, I'm going to give the fans a reason to cheer at some point. It's finally happened. Hitting a home run every single day finally makes it happen. But... Carlos Carrasco was good. It was encouraging to see him give you a competent performance. And how about freaking Joely Rodriguez? I mean, how about that? (laughs) That was stunning. Guy doesn't pitch in a week and a half. Pitches on Saturday night. Comes back in a big spot. Gets Cole Calhoun to ground out. I was very... I was mixed about that move by Buck because... I understood that Carrasco looked done. He was at 102 pitches. He gives up the base hit to low. So the Rangers at that point had first and second, one out, sixth inning, four to one. Just to remind you of the situation. Tying run at the plate. A part of me agreed with Buck saying, yeah, you got to get Carlos out of the game. He's done. But the part that scared me is this bullpen doesn't have that reliable left-handed arm that comes out of the bullpen against a lefty, like this spot versus Calhoun, where you've got confidence. I know Joely Rodri- Rodriguez's splits are very weird. I think he's actually been better against righties than lefties. Um, and who the hell trusts Joely Rodriguez? You know, no one does. So a part of my hesitation wasn't Buck taking Carlos out. It was, who the hell is he going to go to? Which I guess reinforces the idea that they're going to need bullpen help, specifically a left-handed reliever that would come in a spot like that. But, man, I give Joe Willie credit. He not only got the big out, the ground out to Calhoun, and that may have been the ground out that Luis Guillerme booted. I think that was the one, the one where Luis Guillerme, who's so sure-handed, boots a freaking ground ball, and then thank God he recovered and threw the guy out at first base. I think that was that same spot, the sixth inning, if memory serves correct. But then Rodriguez comes back and gets a pretty clean seventh inning setting up the great Adam Adovino and Edwin Diaz. And I did think this was very fascinating. We saw Buck earlier this year. The thing that gave me uh, so much excitement when he went to Diaz in the eighth inning because it was the heart of the Dodger order. Remember that whole thing? Then he went to Lugo in the ninth inning. He had that same possibility against Texas because remember who was coming up in the eighth inning? 
Simeon Seeger Garcia, heart of the order, where he could have said, I'm going to go Diaz eighth against the better hitters, and then I'm going to go to whoever, but in this case, Adam Adovino, to pitch the ninth inning. Here's why I'm glad, believe it or not, he didn't do it that way. Because normally I'd say, yes, go to your best pitcher in the eighth inning in that spot. In this series, Corey Seager hasn't killed him. In this series, Adolis Garcia hasn't killed him. In this series, it's the combination of Jonah Heim and Cole Calhoun. And those are the guys that would be coming up in the ninth inning. So you figure, all right, give me Edwin Diaz, who has a better chance to get those guys out. And Edwin Diaz, other than the base hit that Jonah Heim, pretty much did. He did make things exciting in the ninth inning, but here's why I don't care. Get the freaking job done. Get me three outs. Don't blow the game. Don't give up a three-run home run. Don't send this thing to the Fugazi Rob Manfred 10th inning. Just win the damn game. So even though it was a little nerve-wracking and he puts two guys on base and here's the tying run, here comes Mitch Garver, he got the job done. So kudos to Edwin Diaz, kudos to the Met bullpen, and they get themselves a much-needed victory to win this series against the Texas Rangers. And now we all can take a nice deep breath. We got some help from the Cincinnati Reds. They beat the Atlanta Braves, and the lead's back up to four in the loss column, three and a half. Look, we we all have to do this. We have to forget that the Mets at one point had a 10.5 game lead. We got to forget that. Because A, it's irrelevant. And B, it's not fair to say the Mets had a 10.5 game lead. Now it's only three. What the hell happened? We know what happened. The Atlanta Braves are playing tremendous baseball. That's what happened. The Mets haven't really done anything necessarily wrong. And I mentioned this on the air recently, and I think I did on the Rico as well. You can find stretches of a season where a team doesn't play great baseball. You're going to find out for everybody. So if you want to pick beginning with the Astros, the first Astros series, and say, well, 0-4 against the Astros, and then, yeah, two series victories, you do the math, that gets you to 4-6, and six, right? That means the Mets have lost six out of their last 10 games. And if you want to look at it that way, sure. Every team's going to have that stretch. But the Mets haven't played bad baseball for any extended period of time. The Atlanta Braves have played great baseball for an extended period of time. That's the bottom line. So we all have to forget that they once had a 10.5 game lead. It doesn't matter anymore. This is a pennant race. It's going to remain a pennant race. They have a huge series against the Braves in a week and a half. And those 15 games against Atlanta is going to help determine this. Now, Pete, you're going to love this. Because here is our best evidence on why Francisco Alvarez needs to be here today. And we know he was called up to AAA great. Are you ready for my biggest piece of evidence, Pete? Give it to me because I have a follow-up. If you don't nail it, go for it. If I don't nail it, I may not nail it. (laughs) (laughs) It's related to the Atlanta Braves. So the Atlanta Braves got off to obviously a mediocre start, hence why the Mets were able to open up a a 10.5 game lead. The Atlanta Braves decided to call a kid up who had less plate appearances at the minor league level than Francisco Alvarez has right now. They called up a guy who's just a few months older than Francisco Alvarez, a little bit older, but nothing significant. He's still 21 years old. Francisco is 20 years old. They called this kid up even though he had no experience at AAA. He was actually called up from AA. What a concept. And that guy is Michael Harris, who I'm sure everyone is now familiar with. He's played very, very well for the Atlanta Braves. He has now played in 34 games since his call-up. 
the Atlanta Braves are 24 and 10. I don't necessarily, and I'm certainly not trying to make the case that that one call-up is the reason for the Atlanta Braves' rampage run they've been on, but it's a part of it. Michael Harris is playing every single day. Michael Harris has added a jolt to a Brave team that's without Ozzie Albies, to a team that's missed Acuna for periods of time, to a team that needed it. Michael Harris, and, and before anyone brings up the position, before anyone says, well, that's a center fielder. We're talking about a catcher. I'm not suggesting, nor is Pete suggesting, Alvarez has to come up as a catcher. We have all suggested very consistently, whether it's on the Rico or on the fan, that you can DH him. You want to catch him once a week, that's fine. Obviously, we probably are going to have more of a want to have him catch, considering how pathetic McCann and Nitto are, but he doesn't have to catch. One of the Met needs right now is a designated hitter. So, Michael Harris is a great example of what can happen when you call a kid up, when you say to a kid, hey, you know what, maybe you can add something to this lineup. And you could argue that Harris, who I think is also from Georgia, it's amazing how the freaking Braves, all their prospects are from Georgia. I don't, I don't get how they do it, but somehow they pull that off. There would have been pressure on him. Think about it. You're calling up a top prospect. Ozzie Albies is out for the season. They're the defending world champions where the bar is high, and he's performed at a high level. The team has won a bunch of games, and it's an example. Because instead of me going back to 2003, bringing up Miguel Cabrera, or even us in 2015 with Michael Conforto, how about the team that's battling the freaking Mets right now for the National League East? 21 years old, double A, less plate appearances than Alvarez, they called him up, and so far the results have been pretty damn good. So that's my case for Alvarez. What was the one I missed now, Pete? No, first of all, I think that's pretty sufficient right there. Again, like a lot of people are saying, well, you know, Alvarez is coming up from double A. It was, you know, you, he needs to hit triple A first. Like to me, that's just a BS. That, that, that's a, 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 a old school mentality. I'm glad that you said it, not me, because people think I'm an idiot. So you say it, you're smart. So there you go. <laughs> it, it, now it makes more sense. But one thing I have to say, you you did nail the fact that he doesn't have to play catcher solely. He could play it once, maybe twice a week. Our DH is a dead spot. Dom Smith and J.D. Davis are basically our DH, correct? I mean, Alonzo plays it once in a while. But but basically, J.D. Davis and, and, and Dom Smith. How many home runs do they have this season? Uh, well, Dom has zero, and I think right. JD has two, if I'm not mistaken. You got to combine two home runs from our DH spot. I'm sorry, but when you go to the when when DH comes to the NL, and we're like, oh, we have plenty of DH hitters, and you produce two home runs basically from Dom Smith and JD Davis, who are quote unquote your DH, then something has to change. Which is why Francisco Alvarez, I don't care even about how his, his catching is going to be right now. now. Listen, he caught Scherzer, which is great. But the fact is that you need someone who can, like you said, get it out of the park. You need one more batter, and that Alvarez can do. And what's crazy is that I, I would prefer this over adding a bat via trade. Like, I think when you look at the history of baseball and you look at the July 31st acquisition and you talk about the big prospect call-up, I'd rather be in a spot where I've got the ability to call a kid up and that guy may be the answer, as opposed to searching for the aging veteran where you've got to give up a big prospect for. So this is the ideal scenario. The ideal scenario is 
there is someone in your system that's ready. Not forcing it, not you know calling someone up who isn't ready or isn't that big of a prospect, but calling up a guy in your system that can be that answer. And so that's the exciting part in a way, but it's also something we want to know before July 31st. And he's not, and he's not saving the day. Like this is not like, oh my God, we're, we're panic set in. We need somebody. No, it's like a why not give him a chance now? Because this this will help us see what we need to do. And so it's like the one catcher everyone's talking about is Wilson Contreras. Is that really the move the Mets need to go all in on? To no, make a great playoff run. But that's what they're going to be dealt with if. They can't figure this catching situation well, out. They can't figure out a DH. I know that when you have a chance to win a championship, you have to do whatever you can, and I respect that. And if you told me the Mets are going to win the World Series, fine. Give up whatever for Wilson Contreras. You also need to be smart long-term. I'm not a big fan of giving up a top prospect for a guy that's a clear rental. Wilson Contreras is a clear rental. It's not a guy that you're going to keep around because you have Francisco Alvarez as a prospect. And because... You know, we talked last week or last time on the Rico about Otani and Judge and all these free agents. You are going to want to fill some spots in your roster with cheap, young talent. And so you don't want to necessarily give up the cheap, young talent for someone who's only going to be here for a month and a half. Now, I'm not opposed to trading necessarily for a catcher. I just don't know if I would do a big ticket item like Contreras because of the prospects it's going to cost. But that's why time is of the essence. It's July 4th, July 3rd. You want to see what you have because July 31st, the day, or I think it's August 2nd this year, whatever the deadline is, that's it. Like you can't pull a deal off August 20th. So you kind of want to know what you have, but we'll keep an eye on it. At least there's progress. Alvarez is going to go to AAA and hopefully he tears it up for a few weeks.